Episode 65 of The Passive Hang. Welcome back, guys. And we have Joseph Bartz joining us on the podcast today. I've been waiting to connect with Joseph for a while, and I took my opportunity after he released his video Map of the Physical Practice on YouTube, which is an hour-long discussion on mapping the vast breadth and concept of movement. It's very interesting. I highly recommend that you check it out and watch it. After watching that video, I wanted to discuss some specific questions with Joseph, which we cover on this podcast, and how he approaches his own practice currently, and we get into why we practice from both our sides. So a really interesting conversation. I'm very happy to have connected with Joseph. He is a teacher that I would love to go and visit. So without any further delay, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Joseph Bartz. All right, uh, guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we are on episode 65 of The Passive Hang. It's Fayon here, and I have Joseph Bartz on the podcast. And this is a very special one to me uh, because, Joseph, you're always sharing a lot of great content out there on the internet, both on, you know, whether it be YouTube or social media. I know you had like all the coordination challenges on Instagram for a while, and that was a lot of fun. And then even on your website with your, your blog posts, um, I have to refer back to in the early days where I didn't really have so much resources for a lot of this stuff. I came across your Spinal Waves essay and that was the first resource I could find on approaching the, the Spinal Waves past like the uh, basic video that Edo provides. And so I found that very, very helpful to progress my understanding of how to approach that movement task at that time. So, you know, thanks for sharing all that. I have to begin with that. And otherwise, welcome to the Passive Hang. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. And so you're based in Berlin, right? But it's a little bit outside of it, right? And from what I gather, it's, uh, it's, it's the school of Joseph Bartz, or you have like uh, people come to your house and, and train? Is that sort of how you approach um, it? Currently not, uh, currently not actually, um, due to uh, um, the situation we are in globally. Um, I stopped that last year actually. So I'm working more uh, uh, guerrilla style again, <laughs> basically uh, just being in different places outside and inside. And so on. I have this this place uh, outside of Berlin. Um, in, in that sense, I or I don't have it anymore as a full time thing, but I use it for workshops. Um, yeah, just because of the situation that is uh, um, currently happening, and also because uh, when my second child was born, I realized ah. Um, time-wise, I need to be super, super ch chosen about what, what, like I need to choose uh, very much about what I do, what I offer. And I tend to be a person that likes to uh, offer lots of different things 
and sometimes too many different things. So I, from time to time, uh, need to see, okay, what do I continue to offer and yeah, what not? I have this small note also somewhere flying around. It's just written, reduce, reduce, reduce. So yeah, because I get excited, like I want to do different things, but this was one thing where I, where I felt, okay, I have to reduce that. I cannot take this. I cannot do it. And at the moment to have this regular thing where people are here living here and um i'm in a sense responsible every day for their learning there also so i decided to postpone this and once my children are older um to look back into it but it's still true that i'm not living in the center of berlin but uh in the yeah more outside is still Berlin where I live, but people usually say they are going out of Berlin or into the village or uh, something like that. So it's also many people come here when like friends that visit me and they say, oh, it's like a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> so this is how I live. I live like in a holiday, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's when I go into the center of Berlin, it's more like, uh, um, I need to recover for for some time now. It used to be different, you know, before be, before uh, the uh, uh, Corona, I went to into the city like all the time, but then it suddenly stopped, you know, everything was closed and I never got back to this, uh, to, to, to this schedule yet where I go into the city often. I shifted everything to be a bit more out. So now when I go to, Kreuzberg or Neukölln, this is like the scene uh, districts mm -hmm. of Berlin. Yeah, it's like a theater play for me. Like when I, I just can, I can just stand and watch and what's happening. There's so many people and they wear such interesting things and there's so much to do here and it's super overwhelming. Like, yeah, um, yeah there's too much input now for me in, in the city center. I'm the same after we've only just started opening up here as well and after you have like a social outing and you you go into there you almost need a, a few days it's like training you know you have to progressively overload once again just your social conditioning so you can spend time not just with people but just be surrounded by all this activity and energy right and then you come back home you're like ah oh, i need to i need to rest <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to actually start by asking you about your logo of your school, because that comes up the first thing in a lot of your videos. And I've noticed it. It's like a, a man carrying the world or the weight of the world on his shoulders. And I'm not sure if this is a reference to like the Atlas myth, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but I wanted to ask you about, you know, what's your take on the meaning of this reference? Um, it's a tricky question actually. And you know why? Because <laughs> for the last year or so, I'm thinking about changing my logo actually. And the reason is that several people have told me, Joseph, it looks a bit hard. Like it looks like the, the person gets crushed by the, by the earth that he's holding. And then I didn't realize that. And then I thought, oh, that's terrible. Like I don't want to have this as a logo anymore. Um but but it's like like it's I still really like it. It's nice. It was the idea of um of a student of mine 
uh, Freddy. I don't know anymore if if it was his idea uh, uh, solely or if we discussed it or something like this. And then um, someone else, uh, Leroy, Leroy Steinmann, he has um, he he has drawn this. He's an incredible artist that uh, used to train with me also, and that is basically he has his sketchbook in his hand all the time. And he can uh, draw such uh, wonderful things. And he, um, yeah, he he ma uh, made this atlas out of out of the idea. It it resembles the face and stuff. Resembles a bit me, which I don't like. I have to say, I don't want to put myself too much into it. But it was his choice, and I respected that. Um, I didn't want to interfere too much with his artistic ideas but so what is the idea behind it i can only speculate <laughs> <laughs> i i the, the idea is that okay it's a holistic thing so the whole uh you look at the whole and you are um carrying this the whole with you and get crushed by it <laughs> <laughs> something like this I actually like yeah um i don't have a good explanation it's atlas it's it's uh it's it sort of uh explains itself but also it doesn't i have another um uh, logo as well that i sometimes use like okay the idea was to that we create for for all categories uh small figures you know mm -hmm. like for all sorts of workshops and so on so Leroy got very excited about it. And at some point uh, I realized, wow, that's, that's an overkill. That's that, like, that's too much. Like for, um, from all different aspects, that's too much to have like for everything. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, it's own logo basically. But there's one that I like to use that he drew. It's uh, we, we call it the exuberance logo. It's basically a jumping person with their arms out. And this has this life uh, energy in it. doesn't get crushed by the world. And I thought about changing it to this at some point, yeah, but I haven't just because these design things are really not so much in my head, to be honest. So I needed many, many years to have a logo. I mean, for most years, I did not have. But... Um, so I have an idea for a new logo. I'm sharing it now the first time awesome. because I think it's it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, do you say in English like this a, a cable drum um, where the, where you have a, a, the electricity the cable on a sort of a like, drum? Yeah, it like um, it rolls up on a stool. Yeah, like a cable. I think it's called cable drum, but I'm not too yeah? sure. Yeah. Okay. In in German we call it cable drum, Kabeltrommel. Hmm. So and the, and I realized uh, when I looked at my, at the cable drum that I have, there was written okay if it's if it's uh, uh, um, on the drum like the whole cord the whole electrical cord, it can provide one thousand watts. But if it's if it's pulled out the whole way, it can provide. Uh, maybe the full of a, of a electrical uh, European plug, like 3.7 kilowatts. Mm. 
So it can provide much more energy when it's mm. rolled out. And I liked it very much as a metaphor, you know, mm. that because in, in German, we say for development, we say entwickeln. It, it's, that means to un, uh, to un, no, not wind, it's not the right. Unravel? Unravel. Yeah. Or unwrap, unravel. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and Wiccan. So it's, it's like, a, no, like, like exactly this. Okay. You have to cable drum and mm. it's the cord is all around and doesn't have its full potential. But when you pull it all out and you let it and itself, mm -hmm. yeah, then it can, then it can provide its full capacity. So I found it was a, <laughs> a funny metaphor and then to have a cable drum as a logo. So I'm not sure if this is happening. <laughs> I need someone. <laughs> I need someone drawing a, a cable drum that looks uh, nice or something. Maybe someone that is listening to this uh, um, and is a designer uh, uh, would uh, want wants to uh, provide me with an example or something like this. So I would be definitely open to the new cable drum logo. Especially if the cable drum somehow has your face in it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But what I was thinking was the cable drum on a on a, on a turtle, just because I like turtles, you know. Yeah, I just yeah. somehow want to have a turtle in there also. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. As long as the turtle also doesn't get crushed by the cable drum. So yeah. Exactly. Okay. It should should it needs the, the ratio it needs to fit somehow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I like that. We'll we'll um stay tuned to see how in your next videos if there, there should be like a grand unveiling of the of, of the new logo <laughs> um so i guess with that with what you just mentioned there and development it kind of uh, relates to you know what i read about what you offer which is this i don't know if i pronounce this correctly correctly but leben's praxis and mm, leben's praxis yeah and when i went to go to google translate to to translate it like i know the praxis means practice, and then it said life practice. But I came across another website where it didn't translate it to life practice, but it actually just said experience, and I and I liked that. There was it just ah. said experience. So I wanted to ask you, like, how you are currently describing your teachings under Levin's praxis, um, because a lot of guests that I bring onto this podcast is very you know based around movement and the concepts of movement but i get the sense from what you offer that it's movement but also a little bit more so i want to to just get your thoughts on how you sort of describe the offering in education at the moment mm -hmm. yeah so one question that i ask that maybe describes a bit what it's about is what does it mean to live a good life nowadays in modernity we live in a time that is very different from uh, 500 years ago or whatever. So, and we live in a time that is also changing still quite, quite a lot. So we are looking actually for, hmm, what does it mean? Like, how can we, what shall I do? Basically this, I think that that's the, the question there from, um, from Immanuel Kant, uh, this German philosopher, he has these four big questions um what, what can i oh, i don't know how to say it in english actually what can i uh what can i hope is one and da, da, da. people can look it up by themselves how the four questions of kant and one is what should i do so i thought okay actually this is the main question like what 
what action should I take in life? So the idea is to, to, to look at this and to look at what are the tools to be able to uh, take action. So one tool, I don't know if it's a good word for it, but anyway, like one tool to take action in, in life is the ability to, to move, no? Uh, another tool is to be healthy in that sense. Like, okay, what does it mean to be healthy? It means uh, how do I eat? Like, how do I sleep? Blah, 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 blah. Another thing is how to organize yourself. Yeah. Uh, like, how do I schedule my day? And how do I get things done? And all this stuff. How do I uh, keep things yeah, organized, orderly? And... Um, Another thing is uh, uh, communication. How do I co communicate with other people? Blah, 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 blah. So I would say it's a, it's a foundational practice, like looking at the, yeah, at, at the foundation of what you would take action from in our today's world. So in, in that sense, the movement is, for me personally, Mm, just one thing of it. It's the main thing that I that I that I uh, show and that I teach is what you, people usually start with. Um, but I also don't see it as something that needs to be that needs to de be developed into extreme things. I mean, can be if you are interested in it. Uh, obviously, like that's very nice. Yeah, but for the idea of or for the idea that I want to propose, it's not necessary to do, yeah, one one arm this, one arm that, and 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 so on and so forth. Like I said, it, these are nice things, but um, the first thing that I would want to look at is, yeah, basic fundamental possibilities like moving around, being healthy, being intelligent, uh, and so on. Full stop. It's a great question, this, like, what do I do, right? Because um, so many times in life, there's these, there's these points, especially, you know, when you graduate from school or when you need to choose your university course where that question is really, like, very top of mind because it's almost like you need to choose now to almost set your path. But then after these choices, then it's really almost up to the individual to be self-motivated to keep on continually asking these questions afterwards because then the, the pressure kind of, um, the, or the societal pressure sometimes goes off after you've kind of like found your place and now, now you've done that, you know, university course, maybe you got that job and it's like, okay, like potentially you could just keep on going. But I know speaking from my experience, this is growing up, I always had this question, yeah, well, what, what do I need to do? What, what should I be doing? And that's something that is all, almost always like this, this searching and never really like, oh, okay, like that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Or I've had moments where you get this clarity and it's like, yeah, okay, that's the action that I need to be doing. That's the action I need to be doing. But uh, yeah, I've never had the, I don't know if it's like fairy tale or some other people who seem to be like, yeah, I knew that I, you know, wanted to be a firefighter from when I was younger and that's what I did. And, you know, it's, it's awesome. But for me, it's always seems to be shifting. So I think it's a very 
important question to be asking and yeah something that I don't know what your experience is like is that is that the same as well always like very much shifting and is that what you see with your the students and the people that come to you as well is that it's a it's a bit of um, a dynamic thing or something that is maybe more of an orientation rather than something you can always fully answer so for myself personally um, my situation was that at in a sense twofold like on the one hand i always knew what i want to do um, in a sense and and on the other hand my path is also this path of exploring many different things and i sometimes as a joke say yeah i i tricked i i i play i, I played a trick with this because i made it my work to do lots and lots of different things and to explore life in many different aspects. I don't think it's necessarily something that everyone should do <laughs> because <laughs> I, we have in, in our internal uh, system with my, my team, we have all small titles, you know, and my title is uh, can do everything a bit, but nothing properly <laughs> as a joke, you know, like the, the, this is sort of a bit my 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 theme like i can i have experience with many different things but i'm nowhere super uh, super good you know like everything is something that i could uh develop much more in that sense but that's not my my thing that what i do i try to get an an overview and that was relatively clear for me so i actually stopped uh school one year early because i knew what i wanted to do so when i was uh yeah when i was 15 i started uh, practicing parkour and this uh and some martial arts when i was 13 and this uh, got me to this path of exploring movement and blah 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 and it was clear for me that i will work with such things that i want to have a connected with the philosophical side and so on and so forth so the last two or three years or maybe two years in school i was i was super desperate to leave there and then i i left also one year one year early so i can actually not study in university because i didn't do my last year in school so in that sense i also set my life up uh to to do this uh uh learning on the street thing and not uh, the the academic way and do a lot through uh, um, self self learning and and blah 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 so i i sort of never asked myself what i what i will do that, that always came okay boom now next thing next thing next thing but i know that many people that come to me and i think generally with many people that i see in my surroundings and also in my family that there is a lot of a lot of change during the life and i remember an interesting moment that i had with a neighbor uh of of us here who um she was talking with with my partner about uh yeah about changing changing career or changing job or however you want to uh, call it because um uh, annika my partner she has she's not also now switched from being a dancer to becoming a midwife so she's making a huge uh change still let's say not not too late because she's uh 30 years old so that's still a time where i would say okay yeah that 
you 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 uh, took the steering wheel around uh, early enough without needing to to uh, have fear about that or something like this. But they were talking about okay, changing the job, changing career, and so on. And then um, our neighbor asked me and Joseph, and what 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 do you like? What do you think? Will you change what you do? And I almost felt like oh, it's weird to answer what I answer now because I said no I uh, I'm actually doing exactly what I want to do and I will continue doing this for that's it I know exactly what I want to do and I do that mm. but I feel it's somehow almost not fitting the <laughs> the, the <laughs> today anymore you know it's like in 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 Germany where we we like Mariana from my from my team is she's from Brazil and And uh, talking with her, we realized that in Germany, it's weird to say that you are happy. People don't like it. Germans don't like it. If you say, yeah, I'm super happy at the moment, like for the other people, it's a bit like, okay, that's, that, that's, a, bit, that's a bit insulting to all of us not being super happy. Like the, this, uh, so she, she told me how, she's, how she stopped like, you know, like coming into the door, like super smiling and so on, because she felt like the Germans don't like it. And it was a bit similar with that, that I felt like, oh, is it okay to say that, that I just continue with what I do and I really like it because it seems to be a thing also nowadays to to want to do something different and want to change. And I can really uh, understand that because we are in such a, Yeah, like uh, a, a constantly changing, changing situation, and um, uh, probably also many people are are, are are fed up with with how they work. Like many people, they they work a lot on the computer, for example, and then they don't they don't want to do that so much anymore, or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. There are lots of what what David Graeber uh, has called bullshit jobs. This is a very nice book um, from. David Graeber, that's really funny, really funny read. I can mm. recommend to all the listeners, bullshit jobs. So there's a lot of this, and this is why people think about like doing doing something else, something more meaningful. No, that's, that's what we search for. No, what what shall I do? What is me? Like what comes out of myself? What is the proper thing for me to do? And probably in the Middle Ages, that was clear if your uh, father was. A smith then you also became a smith and all was good like yes this is the right thing to do my father was a smith my grandfather was a smith and i keep this tradition alive but nowadays it's also atomized like your your parents live uh yeah in 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 germany and then you go to live in in the u.s and uh your parents were uh working as teachers and you become a businessman or something like this so that it's we it seems like we all have to find again like this what we should do where we should live there's no generational thing happening so much anymore and that that's that, but that's struggling for the people also so that's It's it's a difficult situation, no? Like where where we are, like uh, like shall I change my job or not? Shall I? Like I'm not perfectly happy. 
but is it like do i need to be 100 happy in it or like how do i solve all this riddles and um all, all these things being said in today's world about how you should feel and what you should do and blah 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 okay this was a long monologue now <laughs> please here and say 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 something well it's like the paradox of choice right like uh as you said before maybe before there was more tradition there was more, there was less um uh less possibility sometimes known towards you um and so you're like okay i'll just do this whether it's this number number one two or three or what my dad did but then with uh everything almost available and and known to you via the power of modern media tv internet it you you're almost uh surrounded by all this choice as to going oh like you can do this you can do this you can do this you can do this but then the dark side of that is you're paralyzed by the choice because too much choice can is too much for us to comprehend right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah 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 that's that's that, that's that's a uh, summary yeah you summed it up no that, that that's the that's the thing that's the situation we're in We can do so many different things. So what shall I do? This to answer this question has become much more complex. It seems like we need to have much more data about it compared to living in uh, in the in the winter in 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 Germany or in the heat of Australia 500 years ago, where it's clear, okay, I'm hungry now. I need to get something to eat, and um, Afterwards, we hang around and dance and uh, maybe do some whatever you used to do, like in the winter, making sure like you stay warm in the summer, uh, in the heat of the summer, making sure you stay cold and don't lose too much water and so on. Like, but but it has also a pro, like it it sounds now very, very negative, but the, the pro about it is that you have lots of possibilities so it's a it's a two uh two edged sword we say in german i don't know if you can say this in english as well or, or two two bl- like two bladed like it has two uh, double double edged sword double edged sword thank you very much so it's a double edged sword um because on the one hand it's much harder to choose and the likelihood of let's say getting confused getting lost in it you know like getting into the vortex and not out again into charybdis uh like odysseus and on the other hand it allows us to break through the tradition to do other things uh to to provide also to the world things yeah and to 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 find something new that is that is good for other people, for your surroundings or environment and, and so on and so forth. So we have a lot of opportunities also nowadays. Yeah, that, that's that. So the situation is not better or worse, I, I assume. I don't know, but I assume then, let's say, 10,000 years ago, in a sense, from the choice perspective. But it is much 
different and i mean obviously we live a very very nice life nowadays yeah mm. we, we have all this 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 medical stuff and and, uh, and and heating or air conditioning and cars and bicycles and very good food and blah 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 blah, blah. so we are in a super 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 privileged situation but at the same time we are in this uh in the situation where probably the amount of 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 mental how do you say that correctly mental problems diseases what is yeah. the correct way to say it to not uh uh say something wrong i don't know um that's that's probably much more than in the stone age let's say mm. where it was where it was easier to know what's happening next and where you had a connection with the same people, not like nowadays changing all the time that the, the people that you do stuff with, work with, or that are your, um, your life partners mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah. Yeah, we live in a very complex world. And, you know, this is why... I really like, you know, just going and hiking or, or camping and, you know, the, uh, the, what you need to do is almost so, so simple, right? You just, you just go to this next point, you set up your bed, your camp, you try and make a fire, you stare at the fire, you eat, and then you go to bed. And it's so calming. Like for me, it's always like a very, puts me in a very good good place for that um and so yeah this is probably a good segue to now start uh heading towards so i guess the questions where i reached out to you via email um and i referred to this video that you put online called the map of the physical practice so when we talk about the paradox of choice and we now just talk about i guess the the movement sphere or, or human movement, movement practice. One of the, um, I guess, paradoxes within it as well is that movement can be a very, you know, it's a very, very wide concept and you, there's so many different directions where you can study it and start it as, as well. Um, so what you present in this video, which I uh, recommend listeners to go check out after uh, hearing this podcast is this uh, map of the physical practice, which I thought was very interesting where you kind of show your approach in constructing how to navigate, I guess, a a diverse physical practice. Um, So maybe we can start a little bit about your thoughts on how you, um, yeah, what, what, what is the map for, why you constructed the map, what benefits your you know, you, you've seen by creating this sort of mind model of physical practice. Mm. Yeah, the map is there to help you navigate uh, in your training if you want to do a, a diverse holistic training where the, uh, the possibilities of human movement are, are, let's say, all included. Obviously, the map is not the territory. And after I posted this, a video um, one one person that I very much appreciate that has trained a lot with me has sent me some suggestions about things that are missing and maybe some listeners that watch the 
the video, so the video called uh, Map of the Physical Practice, maybe you also have some suggestions about something that is missing. So it will never be probably complete. On the other hand, it doesn't need to be because the map is not the territory. <clears throat> so the, the, yeah, as I said, the idea is to help you navigate this vast land of movement. And basically you can, you can look at the map and look, what do I do currently in my practice and what do I not do? And then see, okay, will I do this um, later at some point or do I maybe disregard that completely because it's not really my thing and so on? I mean, there's no, there's no imperative from God to, <laughs> to do all movement possibilities and so on. Yeah, it's, a, it's just, a, it's just a, 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 an offer to to explore that <clears throat> and what needs to be clear is it's not about doing everything at the same time because that's impossible and this is what leads you nowhere if you try to do everything at the same time it's again the paradox of choice like if you cannot choose and uh you you think okay i do a bit of this i do a bit of that yeah uh, i have i have a, a piece of bread and i have 10 things to now put on it so i put a bit of everything Ah, that's probably it's it's it, it's quite not so tasty like if <laughs> you know everything is combined on the slice of of bread so okay today i choose this i put my uh cheese on i put some cheese on it yeah and blah 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 blah. And next time i put this on it so it's the same thing in your practice you need to choose what you what you need to do and you need to understand that you're playing a long game and not a short game um meaning that it doesn't help if people think about it as something they need to develop now super quickly within one year they need to be able to do all these things blah 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 let go of this and realize this uh, like, like practicing what life has to offer is a lifelong <clears throat> a lifelong journey or at least uh, when it comes to the to the movement stuff um, to bring all these different aspects to an okay level where you can say I have a bit of experience with that <clears throat> that already takes several years definitely and several years of 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 good practicing so uh, it's good to to abandon the hastiness in that sense and see ah, okay this is what I'm doing now this I'm not doing so much at the moment doesn't matter I will do it later later can be in one month later can be in 10 years yeah awesome yeah i was going to ask you whether you know should you be aiming to cover all areas of the map which you just answered there so you know that's some that's some pressure off me that you don't have to do everything but i think that's what we all know as well you know it's like mm -hmm. you you can't do everything but i guess with um you know, with this sort of in, in front of you or maybe how you help guide students is like, you know, how do we make good decisions as we keep on going along to be like um, intentional with our practice or to, to say, hey, you know, like this is good to keep on working on. Maybe this I can put on pause because um, as, as we go along, I guess that, that choice is always facing us, right? Like, you can choose to drop anything at any time, right? But when is it good to just keep on pushing on and get a certain level of depth? And 
when is it good to maybe take on something new? I don't know if there's like a line of questioning that you sometimes ask yourself or students to help them discover a bit more about, you know, making, uh, making good or intentional decisions. Mm. That's one of the master questions that I <clears throat> get regularly from people that train with me. Like, when do I know it's enough? Like, when do I know, okay, now I, I switch topics if I want to develop things broadly and not to specialize, at least for now, because later I think it can be very, very uh, useful to specialize into to something and probably even need it. So um, it's hard to answer because I don't have, or I, I don't use uh, um, clear, how do you say in English, like, uh, I don't even know the word in, in German. <laughs> Like clear numbers, let's say, you know, there, you know, there are these things like, okay, two times body weight squat or three times body weight deadlift. There are all these tables of, of what is a good level and so on. Yeah, I don't use something like this because I acknowledge that it's different for each person, the combination of things that fits them well and that makes sense for them you know and for if we talk about strength for one person a level where we would say okay yeah now it's probably time to to shift your attention somewhere else for one it's here and for the other one it's there uh, you know so i don't have a general answer on this so maybe intuition is something that can guide you but on the other hand intuition can also misguide you intuition needs to be combined with a rational um, reflection on it and the combination of both is quite powerful because if you just rationalize about things then you are not using this let's say sense that is very very powerful that let's say let's let's you find your keys that you lost in the forest in the snow that's intuition hmm. um but on the other hand, it can also uh, be that you think you're using good intuition, but then some years later you realize, oh, actually, I just wanted to um, defend my identity or personality and and thought, I, oh, I need to get more flexible and more flexible and more flexible, you know, and through that actually increasing my risk of injury and probably also making myself more vulnerable because I invested myself so much, so heavily into one thing. Mm. <clears throat> um, and this is what I regularly have that people come and they already come with, with their sport or discipline that they are good at. And then they usually ask, and I would like to, to develop that further. And I usually think, yeah, but, this is what you did for the last years. And um, I mean, what I offer is, is holistic development of the thing. So it might make sense for you to do something else. And then the psychological play starts. Like you, I try to figure out how does this person uh, uh, work in that sense? Like, can I tell this person, okay, no, we are not going to do that because you're already quite good at this. And I see 
you underdeveloped at this, so we, we will put it on maintenance mode for some time and then go back to it later. Or if it's a person that where I feel like, oh, okay, I need to be a bit slower with, 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 with him or her and say, okay, yeah, we continue this, but we also do a bit of other things on the side, yeah? Mm. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, as I said, I cannot answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's um you know it's one question that i always ask myself and you know when you talk about this balance between intuition and rationalization um i think recently i have been able to develop more of a sense of intuition or maybe even just trusting my intuition where maybe before i didn't I didn't so much. And what I normally find is that the rationalization then follows the decision to follow the intuition. You, you know what I mean? Like a, I felt like that was the right choice. And then afterwards, the reason comes afterwards to, to justify that, that choice. Um, I, I, I normally find, which I think is an interesting dynamic. And when it was more rational, your choices, like how did you have a process for this? Like, did you uh, think about certain uh, questions or something like that? Yeah, so I've just definitely wrote before in terms of like, just what are the risks, benefits, you know, opportunities, trying to lay it out in some type of mind model map and fill it in with like thinking through the answers. Mm -hmm. um, but normally what I found, it depends on the type of decision that, I, will, I need to make. So if it's like, if we talk about training, if, if it's like a, a, a technical type decision, such as just like, how do I keep on making, um, you know, good progress in a chin up or something, then uh, with, with, with methods and doing some, some research, then maybe I can make like a, a technical rationalized uh, decision and, and map that, map that out on a page and uh, make, And once I've sort of mapped that out and put my thoughts there and organized it, then that would, will become clear to me, maybe what method I should take as a next step, but a different type of decision, which may be, yeah, do I keep on training the chin up or do I just drop the chin up or something, you know, that's uh, a bit more abstract or questioning the thing itself. Then I find I can't, no, no matter how much I, sort of uh, try and rationalize it and use the same sort of decision-making process that doesn't lead me as clearly as what it may be where the, um, where the problem is more, is more simple perhaps. So yeah, what I, what I found is normally it's a, a feeling that I have to uncover. Sometimes the drawing on the page does help, But most often or not, sometimes it's like talking with a person, going to a different experience, changing my environment, going for a walk or something where then suddenly there's like an opening within my body and I feel, and then I go, you know what? Yeah, that's actually not what I want to do. Or this is the action that I, that I want to take. And what I've gotten better at recently is then trusting that opening of that feeling to go, oh, okay, yeah, like I'm going to do that now. Whereas before, maybe I would not trust it, ignore it for a bit, maybe question it, maybe not listen to it. And, and do you feel that it's um, always clear for you what the goal is, where you want to go, or does that change 
for you like because th this is this is also like if the goal is more clear then it also sets our reflection and so on in into uh into this direction no mm. how do you feel about that for you personally is does that did the change throughout time with your with your practice or do you feel on some days i it draws me more to set up my practice towards this goal and on other days more towards this yeah so with the intuition i think it definitely helps where the it's like questioning almost the goal itself so at that at that level when the goal is more clear then yeah it's more like a technical question and a more rationalized decision making process to go okay like how can i orientate myself more effectively or towards this goal and then that that helps so that's probably the distinction that i make there can you formulate the goal for you of the practice for me for the practice so when i first started it was really about ridding my body of pain because I had some injuries that I was ca carrying. And so I was very motivated to just be free of this pain or this fragility that I was feeling that if I was to do X sort of thing, maybe my neck would tweak again or my hip would flare up and I really was getting sick of that. So I started moving towards some more diverse physical practice to try and yeah, almost like solve at first it was i you know viewed the body very mechanically and i wanted to you know solve solve my body's ailments and now as that has shifted and i i feel more embodied as an experience of what i am practicing it's more about it's more about like improving or just um widening my like my my physical experience so mm -hmm. as i use these movement tools and maybe strength base or it might be something else. Like I find my experience, my embodied experience becoming richer and I really enjoy that. And then that becomes more as I can share this with other people as well. That's all within the same like view of physical experience. So that's where my orientation I think has shifted more towards that, that goal rather than just a, a pain. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. How uh changes then through time because you achieve one goal and then it goes uh to the next thing. Uh, because I think some for many people this is it's not happening like this, what you said, that you stay with it, no? Like you just think about what is often happening that people have an ailment, like they have pain in their spine or something like that, and then they go to a physiotherapist and the physiotherapist helps them to get rid of the pain for a moment. And then um, that's it. Like they are going home and they resume with their normal life. So what, what happened to you sounds very sustainable, you know, like a person that is overweight and then is making dietary changes or lifestyle changes, but not, extreme changes that can only be done for a month or something like this. And then you have a back and forth, but changes that um, 
uh, sustainably integrated into the life on the one hand, but on the other hand, and that's an important thing to actually fall in love with these changes. Yeah. Okay. Now I eat like this and I like it. Like it's for me, it's not a, uh, yeah, the, it, uh, how do you say like, a, a torture or something like this, but I, I prefer this now and that's good. No, that's nice. Like, like, like this is the likelihood that you're, that what you said, okay, I had pain here and there, that this is coming back is heavily reduced compared to someone that is just, yeah, going to the physiotherapist for a moment and then uh, resuming their whole life. I think we all know people like that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and just getting also a bit, yeah, that we, that we see there from other people and can be also frustrating at times yeah? like if you see people in your family for example that ah they have this and this problem but they don't take care of it and so on but yeah it, they, it, some people are doing it like this and some like that and i think it's a it's a happy situation if we fall in love with leading a good life <laughs> <laughs> well when you put it like that you know it almost makes sense right just to pursue a, a good life but i guess that's you know uh, can be interpreted in many different different ways um but i think you know the biggest transformation for myself was at the start it was very much almost like a a uh, goal based out of fear you know like uh i don't want to get injured or i don't want to have this pain for the rest of my life you know like I, i'm scared of that more now towards like a, a curiosity and an enthusiasm towards like oh how can i deepen what I am experiencing now, this feels amazing. You know, what is the potential if I pay attention even a bit more or I try something else a bit more? So I think that shift is probably what has been the most important for me within my practice where I, I realized, oh, okay, like now that I feel of a, like a certain physical capacity as well, then when I can explore this physical potential, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is maybe also the power of such a practice that it is, it is something interesting. Now, I mean, not for everyone, obviously. Yeah. Like we are all like some people like this, some like that. I mean, some people look at this stuff, uh, this, this movement stuff and say like, okay, what is this? ridiculous stuff that is happening there yeah uh, obviously not everyone is interested not everyone has to be interested but but generally speaking it is something that has uh um many benefits like health wise uh, that you you, you uh, don't have unnecessary pain like if you practice properly and at the same time it is it is um yeah, how can you say, like, I say it bluntly, it's uh, it's fun also, it's nice, like, it's deep, you can go into something, there's things to explore, so that's why many people get drawn to it, no, uh, compared to um, uh, a conventional gym with machines that, I mean, some people also enjoy that, obviously, yeah, and like that they don't need to think so much. Many people actually enjoy that. And I, I understand it also. Why? Like, um, okay, they have that job and they, it's, they already need to concentrate a lot there. And then after that, they just want to, 
to to basically yeah not use the brain so much anymore but just have the physical sensation of working yeah. and uh but this is yeah but this is exactly for the people that also want to go more deeply into understanding the things and and so on and because there's so much to explore um it it doesn't get boring you could say you know like for me i feel i have done uh a few hours of of training now and um the the topic is definitely not over like it's there's still so much so many interesting things to explore where i feel also oh wow i can do this and that and and so on and so forth mm. and so what are your thoughts on you mentioned a little bit about um there's definitely points where it's um beneficial to to specialize or go down paths with with greater depth um so maybe if you could expand about you know is this balance between like uh, embracing embracing the diversity um and developing yourself generally uh versus at some points maybe as you say like it's it's then good to focus your attention and energy on one or, or two things focus for 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 a while so yeah what what are your thoughts around this topic yeah i would say that's that's also a very general thing in the sense that maybe there are three things floating in space here one is your health another thing is your general ableness and a third thing is your you could say your specialization or also your achievements and you could build a pyramid out of this with the health <clears throat> the health at the bottom uh then the ableness as the second thing so that's your general skills yeah doesn't need to be just movement like can be really used generally for the whole life and then on top of that you have your um yeah your you your personal expertise or your personal achievements or specialization and it's in a sense not necessary uh if you look at movement as something that is one of the other parts of this for example if this if if you practice movement for your health then there's no reason to specialize within movement but in in generally in life it makes obviously sense because to integrate yourself into the society you want to offer something and uh usually what you offer is what you are good at so it means this is your specialization and if if uh movement is let's say your specialization yeah so for the people that are coaching that it seems like many of them are choosing a specialization or come from uh, from a specialized discipline many not not everyone yeah but it feels like okay for example you had uh, neil teisner on the on the podcast and he's very known here in germany for his acrobatics yeah so you could say that's he has this general movement background 
but you that's in the sense is specialization like what he's especially known for i just wonder about myself if i lord <laughs> <laughs> for any anything but I, uh, maybe not but uh, but the the discipline i come from is basically the parkour where i didn't uh, end up with a with a high level uh, far from it um but but this is something where also when i teach it, people realize ah he like Joseph was really in this thing he was very involved like he knows stories about the community and blah 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 and he he has a more in-depth in experience compared to when um he's doing some dancing and so on and so forth and i and i i have the feeling that this is a nice thing to have to have your special treat like a, as a coach in the movement world as i said it's not necessary but for many people it seems to develop that way that they they practice for some years very generally and then they feel ah i want to get deeper into this yeah and for some it's strength for others is handstand and for others is improvisation and blah 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 Yeah, people get drawn to different things, and then you see on the Instagram feed, uh, it's often, it's often this. I think that's what the nice thing of um, having this generalized movement practice is that um, you see all these things, and it offers you all these different options. Where as you are, are trying these and trying some of these experiences, you can start connecting with them. And then going, oh, actually, you know, I really enjoy that. You know, I don't have to pursue generalism just for generalism's sake. If you enjoy something, yeah, you can just go for it and 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 really go for it. And you know that that's fine. And then maybe on the um, in the views for longevity or um, injury prevention or something like that, then you can use your uh, knowledge of generalist training to help you with managing as you say maybe like it's that bottom tier of the pyramid the um the, the health aspect because i think we've um also encountered a lot of maybe specialists sometimes who go down one path and keep on going down it maybe a bit too too narrow and have some physical ail ailments because of that path chosen as well at least i've i've seen that in my experience as well yeah, and that yeah. that's something that's um you know i'm grateful that i have this knowledge of what i am learning now that i feel like i have some tools potentially to stop or prevent that or if that was to happen to to manage that exactly the diversity is exposing you to a lot of uh, good things so uh for for healing injuries i call it the shotgun approach so with the shotgun it has not uh, one targeted round but it goes like boom yeah all over the place and basically if you don't know anything uh, and you have an injury then just try lots of different things lots of different movements approaches and blah 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 and see what works you just have to experiment and and the likelihood that is something in this all sorts of different things that you try that is 
providing a positive response for your injury is relatively high. And this is also what, what, yeah, what I use with people. I say, okay, yeah, you have something with your knee. Look, we're not just doing like one exercise now, but here is a first bunch of exercises, let's say uh, five or 10 or whatever. And you uh, tell me how you feel after or you feel the day after what does your intuition say about it and then we try some other exercises and like that usually the people um, uh, get also very good feeling about what helps them and what doesn't help them also so much and what they need and i feel this is helping people to make good choices and to um, yeah become independent like to that they are able to rely on their own judgment. And if you, in that sense, specialize too early, and that's why I said also, okay, I think it's a hierarchy. Like in the bottom, there you could say it's the health and then the ableness, your general skill abilities. And on top of that is the specialization. Um, I, yeah, I think that, that the general knowledge in that sense of, of life, of or more more focused on movement um, then provides you with the ability to sustain yourself in the specialization because when we talk about movement specialization always means uh, a higher danger of injury yeah mm. even if it's low impact things like even then there um, there can be problems yeah the 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 yoga practitioner has his or her yoga problems. The dancer has the dance problems. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And obviously the weightlifter has the weightlifter problems. So that's clear with that more high impact, impact stuff. So yeah, like you said, it's good to have a diverse base and being able to um, uh, um, yeah, stay healthy and, and so on. But that doesn't mean that we need to stay, that we need to stay with the diverse. And now I have to like always do everything that's on this map and, and I'm not allowed to specialize anymore. That's, uh, that's wrong. Yeah, that, that's clearly wrong because you should find as a practitioner what makes sense for you and what you want to do and what is, what is your, your thing. And if that means that you become a, a, a fighter, then you become a fighter. And if it means that you... Uh, become a climber then you become a climber and at the same time you don't lose the big picture but you see yes i'm i'm climbing and many climbers have uh, a rounded upper back for example and very poor mobility there so i do my i do my extension exercises yeah uh, to to prevent that or i'm uh, there's not much strength development in the legs so it makes sense to do some extra leg work and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's interesting because when you say view that pyramid where it's like a address, maybe, you know, address your health and then your ableness and then specialization for uh, the way we almost uh, develop children is that it's almost like as soon as they become, start becoming good at something, the specialization starts like right, right then and, and there right if you sh if you show some ability in soccer then it's like now just keep on playing soccer and just get really good at soccer and it almost um that doesn't really happen then that that uh, address 
general abilities or address your your health i mean i guess most children when they're young are in good health already so but it's not i guess intentionally uh brought up in in that way maybe almost it only happens in reverse where if they make it all the way to become like a pro soccer player and then they get a team of specialists then then you know it's like a how can we address the the health part but for and in, yeah in the book uh, range by i think david epstein, epstein. yeah yep. did you read this book i have read parts of it i haven't read all of it so, okay, so there, there, there is a part where he talks about uh, Roger Federer, uh, that Roger Federer did um, in his childhood not directly specialize in tennis, mm -hmm. but uh, playing a lot of different ball games and had very uh, general athletic development also. And I think they also didn't always play tennis with a tennis ball, but with different balls. I don't remember anymore exactly but there he had this example uh of a person that is the highest level no in in tennis and really incredible like i i'm relatively uninterested in 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 tennis i have to say but for some reason there's lots of tennis players that that uh, uh that have trained with me throughout the years and currently also some and one has shown me some footage of Roger Federer and I can really recommend it. It's, it's, yeah, it's a bit like, um, uh, uh, watching this, uh, one of these soccer players. Wow. I'm so bad with this stuff. Like I, I, I never, I've never in my life watched a full soccer game. Really? So you're a German no, who's yeah, never I, watched I, a full, <laughs> I never watched a full soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> so I barely know the rules. Like I love to play soccer, but I don't really like to, uh, to watch it so much. But, uh, but there is, there are these few soccer players that are super amazing. Like there's, I don't know anymore the, the name of the, of the one that does this crazy tricks, some South American definitely, but, uh, but Roger Federer is like the same, uh, in in tennis i also never watched a full tennis game but i played tennis two years when i was 10 years old uh, <laughs> more more a doer than a watcher and yeah it's just incredible to watch uh, 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 uh what he does and because it seems really like oh he has some abilities that that the other players don't have and you wonder where it comes from and it might i don't know but maybe it comes uh, it has something to do with this general development that lets him think a bit out of the box. Like, I, I, like really, I don't know. Like, maybe that's that's nonsense. What I what I say, but definitely, it's an interesting account of someone that is at the top of his game, of his field, and had not had this thing that directly after uh, when he was three, someone gave him a tennis racket, and then the only thing that he was allowed to do was playing tennis for the rest of his day and life. Yeah, it's. it's always oh, interesting because for every example like that i think there's a counter example as well because you can say you know like tiger woods he specialized in golf from i don't know how young he was but you know he was playing from very very young and then you know became very dominant in his his own way so i think it's always like yeah diff different approaches right which um can yield very amazing results um but uh maybe going back to the um 
the, the, the map of the physical practice in one of the sections. So I know you, you talk about um, capacity or so certain uh, traits to develop and the obvious ones of strength and mobility are there, which everyone knows has like, uh, you know, always a big focus when you, especially when you go on the internet to, um, to see that. But there was a trait there that you um, mentioned, which I found interesting, looseness. And so I just wanted to ask you a bit more about, yeah, this uh, concept of, of, of looseness and its importance and how you, yeah, how you de de develop this uh, as well for yourself and your students. Okay, yeah, looseness is the balance to, to tension, to strength in that sense. It's a bit like a yin-yang sort of thing. So what can happen if you do a lot of tension training, strength training, but also if you are, if you have, let's say, psychological tension and anxiety and so on, that can uh, alleviate the, elevate, alleviate, elevate. Alleviate. Alleviate is also up. Oh, elevate! Elevate is going up. Alleviate up. is like to to help you get over the uh, the ailment or the problem. <laughs> to let go. Okay, then I want to say elevate. Like that that, that this like uh, all this is elevating the tension level in your uh, in your body in your muscles. Blah 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 blah. Um, if if not approached, let's say correctly. Yeah, and so the problem the problems to this to what this can lead is more pain. Many pains in the body come from uh, too much tension, tension in the wrong parts, vice versa also. Yeah. Like if you have too little tension, if you are too weak, blah, blah, blah. It's always a balance. It's yin yang. Like I said, it's not that one that you should be super relaxed. And yeah, like some people uh, that do uh, like maybe Tai Chi that they, or, or Qigong, they start to be afraid of doing strength training because then the Qi is not flowing. That's maybe a bit too too far into this direction, but uh, it, it's it's probably um, mm, like if you are if you have a good balance of tension and relaxation, you will probably have less likelihood of developing unnecessary pains. And from a performance perspective, looseness is extremely important. Like now we talked about tennis and and soccer and if you imagine like a, a, a bodybuilder that is super tense, I mean, then also always people say, yeah, bodybuilders are also super loose and they can do the splits and blah, blah, blah. Let's just assume there is a bodybuilder that is super tense. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't exist because they're all super loose. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, uh, the bodybuilder that is super tense and standing on the tennis court will probably not uh, win against Roger Federer because your looseness yeah it's is allowing you to be fast so this your your speed your ability to produce speed is very connected to the right amount of of looseness and also safety in the in the looseness and that's the interesting thing about looseness and that uh, there are also people that are very tense that are very weak like muscularly they don't have much strength because their nervous system is so afraid of uh, giving them looseness because they're so weak that they will be just the, 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 the tissue is just tense all the time. So in that sense, for becoming loose, it can be also important to, for some people to do strength training. So that's one thing. 
But on the other hand, for many people, it is important to do uh, yeah, looseness training. What can this be? This can be things, let's say, if we, if we talk about the upper body, the arms, there can be things like arm swings, shaking, um, also just attention to this. So what does that mean? Attention to this means, for example, you lie on the ground and you make sure your, your arms are, are, uh, are falling into the ground, are relaxing into the ground. Also, stretching can work well. There are lots of different stretching methods. There's not the stretching. There is different ways to work with gravity, to work with tension, and so on and so forth. And some of these methods can be good to relax the, uh, the tissue. That can also actually depend a bit on the people. Like not everyone reacts the same to, to, the, the, to the same stretching method. For some, this might be better. For others, this might be better. Yeah, but for example, uh, uh, something that would be, Consider that can be considered like a passive stretch, like the passive hang, which is also the name of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like the passive hang can be very can be very good in relaxing the shoulders, mm -hmm. yeah. And other things like using the reciprocal inhibition reflex. Uh, so when when you uh, work with agonist antagonist tension, you tense one side to relax the other side. And so on, like all these things can also help to create relaxation, to create looseness. So th this is some basic strategies for it. And as I said, it should be a yin-yang practice. So when you do strength training, then it's definitely worth to consider if you should also do looseness training. And that's the type thing, you know, like, like I'm personally, my type is I need to have some extra looseness training. Yeah, that's very important for me hmm. uh, because other uh, if I would only do strength training, only the yang in that sense, uh, hmm. then um, or ying, I don't know which one is which. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, then uh, I would probably get too tensed. Yeah, and other people they are just so loose naturally or have done so much looseness training. I mean, they can do a bit, but it's not really necessary for them. Yeah, they can, for them, it would be better to spend their time strengthening because their ailments come from, uh, from the lack of, of strength. Yeah, nice. I was, I was going to ask you how best to incorporate it into the training. Like, um, it's also something that I've, from maybe one or two years ago, I started incorporating it because before very much always like, uh maybe it's a young male thing you know fo focused on the on the strength or even when it started becoming mobility you know it's like loaded mobility and it's more tension 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 and then once i started discovering things such as i think the first practice around that was like around shaking it it was amazing you know it was like this whole new feeling that i'd never experienced before that afterwards walking around you're going oh this is actually just making me feel so good like and i think once you realize that then you become attracted to to that as well and you realize oh, okay like this is also a counterpart to the other inputs that i'm putting into into my body and so i think i've seen this sometimes when you post um what you cover in class and i think there's a uh, 
I'm not sure if this is the way you intentionally structure it, but there seems to be a good mix between like tension generating exercises and looseness exercises. And you seem to always cover both sides within say a single training session. Yeah, not always necessarily in every session, but in general, I try to have both, like especially in a group training where you have a diverse group of some people needing more tension stuff some people are in between they need both and other people need a bit more relaxation stuff and and so on but yeah and generally speaking i would try to have both included there and i feel similar to you that that this um was definitely not the first thing i discovered the looseness training so i started strength training when i was 13 i think so that was pretty much of a no-brainer for me but um then to especially train the loosen i mean we did it in the in the martial arts that i did uh, it was also included but it didn't really caught uh, my attention it's probably also something that that when you are a bit older let's say that um it's easier for you to to grasp that it makes sense and generally it's it's quite underrepresented in in what you see about let's say the the, the 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 pictures and videos that you see about training not necessarily in the in the world of this diverse movement movement culture blah 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 but i mean more in the in a general fitness world where it is yeah a lot about like like strength and creating tension and it makes sense also to some extent because that's the problem that we have nowadays we we have no pressure on our on, on us yeah we hmm. uh, we we get frail and weak because we sit the whole day and blah 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 and uh, so it's good if people do strength training if they load their joints their bones and and so on that's very important so it makes sense to have the emphasis a bit more there and what is displayed and but the, on the other hand is also of course that is more flashy it's more something that you can show that people understand um uh, uh compared to yeah i don't know just lying on the ground <laughs> and uh, on the other hand it's also a type thing no like some people get very much drawn to to do uh let's say feldenkreis classes where it's a lot uh, where, where there is a lot of um, uh, investigation into the tension the relaxation whereas other people would never this idea would never raise up in them to go to such a class they will they they are just going to the uh crossfit crossfit gym because that's that's the thing but again to have this yin and yang and to be aware of both and to to realize i oh, yeah, okay um okay i do my my crossfit and then i do my feldenkreis so in that sense it would be again this lowest the bottom of the pyramid like the the health yeah maybe also the ableness but even before that actually the just the general health like being in 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 balance mm. i think it's also just another tool to uh, yeah just be like embodied as well because it delivers a, a different experience and yeah i have to laugh when you say it's like not as demonstrable or you know not as flashy in the videos because i think when i first discovered it you know i was trying to youtube trying to find it and the only video i could find was like some 
elderly woman shaking and it was kind of a bit strange <laughs> so it doesn't <laughs> doesn't really make for good visual content which is maybe why it's uh it the idea doesn't spread as as quickly was it which is a bit of a shame <laughs> yeah. but, uh, um i wanted to shift towards um another common thing which is like i think discussed within this community which is like uh the role of complexity and the role of complexity within within training um and maybe take for one example um if you talk about like say sometimes strength uh development there seems to be a bit more of a um a championing of where you may develop towards say a handstand push-up for example or if you're doing the chin-up uh then it's more going towards a one-arm chin-up versus maybe like weighted chin-ups or or another sort of tool so what yeah what are your thoughts in terms of you know utilizing complexity within training and say if there was uh, somebody who was um you know working on their their pulling strength and they got the bar chin up and you know they've hit that then you know then where to go from there what are the kind of questions that you ask or how do you sort of guide them from there is it just you know as you say go to one arm this one arm that or you know some others sort of dif different approaches that you might suggest yeah there there are several layers here so one layer is again type so your temperament let's say does it lead you more towards uh complex things do you want to discover new things or are you more a person that is uh, enjoying staying with the same thing and so on yeah so because what is the most important thing in your practice is that you do it and that you stick with it for time so the practice needs to fit for you that's why you know for me i don't want to give uh clear prescriptions in that sense that um then suddenly the practice is only for certain people. And this I try to avoid. But what I want to, to look at is, look, these are possibilities, these are possibilities, these are possibilities. So that would be always the, 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 uh, the top uh, question, like, does this training fit for you in your life? Hmm. Okay, so temperament is one thing. Another thing is how you physiologically adapt. And this can be often also connected with your temperament um that some people need more complexity and some need less like some people are just adapting also very quickly and for them they need to change relatively often what they do like the numbers but also the exercises because otherwise the training effect gets less then it is also a thing where you are at in your life like in what phase you are for example i'm personally in a phase where I don't care so much about complexity in, yeah, now the example is strength training, in strength training, but I get drawn to very simple things at the moment, like, for example, doing farmer's walks, yeah, like I take two kettlebells and I walk here in the forest. So really strength training is more, more a low, uh, uh, low intensity conditioning but but whatever yeah or um uh, uh um or doing an exercise that's more strength like overhead press okay this i i enjoy at the moment very much it fits me very well like with 
what I need to do, like uh, my family life and so on and so forth. Just have this simpleness in my training. And I know that uh, phases like this also change. And at some point I feel, ah, okay, I want to do, um, I want to do some more complex training again. Yeah, but the question is also, is that really necessary like to have complex training or what amount of complexity is necessary? And I wouldn't say that is necessary to train extremely complex and achieve all this uh, complex skills on the rings and like you said, handstand push-ups and so on and so forth. Definitely, you can live a good life without that. <laughs> That's pretty clear. <laughs> I mean, my grandparents didn't do handstand push-ups. Um, I think I don't know. Maybe my grandfather. No, I don't think he did. He did it. He was strong, but I think he did very simple, very simple training. Actually, there's a funny story about my my grandfather and about complexity. Like I showed him a video of what I do with all sorts of things, yeah, blah, 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 super complex. And, and he just looks at me and asks me, does the term push-up ring a bell for you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 100% sure what, it, what he wanted to tell me, but I think he wanted to, yeah, maybe say, okay, yeah, that's nice. And you can also <laughs> do push, push-ups and pull-ups, which he probably did a lot because he was in, uh, in the in the military and uh yeah that's that's also fine i think if it's the complexity is too low then we go into this realm again where you lack diversity and this my assumption is that for many people this is raising the risk of injury so if you do only push-ups only pull-ups only dips this is uh, probably you have a higher risk of injury than if you have 10 exercises that you do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the exercise have to be super complex, but more that it's good to do more than just a few exercises. Yeah. I like the complexity stuff. I like to, I, I have liked to learn the handstand push up uh, or also one arm chin up. Um, I could do it. No, I cannot do it anymore because it takes much too much work to maintain a skill like this. Yeah. And this, no, my life is not about that, but to learn it, that has been a very interesting riddle. And I, I really love to solve this problem. And then I lost it. And then I achieved it again with a different path, like, like trying a different programming and so on. But there's a bit more geeky stuff that, you like you know when you when you get into this but for a, a person that is uh, working eight hours uh, a day and then has two kids at home and uh, and a partner and uh, a house to maintain or whatever yeah um for such a person it might be also interesting to do to learn something like the hands and push-up because it might be yeah this is the time of the day when i just take care of myself and i want to learn i want to get deeply into this physical thing so there's this type of person and there's the type of person that okay i just do some some quick 20 minute workout get the pumpiness and that's it and that's good and like this i have the energy to to be there for my family for my friends for my work and blah 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 blah. yeah yeah it's it's interesting how you just mentioned as well about how say like that one on you know you had it and then um 
you know, you, you lost it all. Maybe you made a choice now not to um, invest so much time and energy to, to maintain it as well. So maybe if you could talk a little bit about, um, yeah, this idea of letting go or when, I think when you have such a diverse movement practice as you go on in years, there's inevitably going to be areas where your circumstance changes or maybe you don't want to do so much of it anymore. So maybe, but I think um, sometimes when you've uh, invested so much time into it as well, it can be a bit emotionally challenging as well to say, oh, you know, I'm not, not going to do so much of that anymore. So maybe... Yeah, I want to ask you more about your experience about parts of the practice where maybe you've had to let go over the years and how that's been and how you've how that's come about for for you. Yeah, I I, I always liked a bit this idea of of you you burn the house and you just leave with your backpack. So so to let the past behind in that sense and to not cling. Uh, to it too much and on like with something like the one I'm changing was also just a very rational decision like I said it took so much time and energy for in a sense for nothing because it the interesting thing was to to get there and to achieve it but you're not doing anything with it like I mean it can help you when you climb when you when you uh, fight or something like this but then the question is, on the one hand, the time invested in this, is it not maybe better invested in the technical development of my wrestling, for example? Yeah, that's one thing. And secondly is, I'm not wrestling for a living, nor do I climb for a living. So what I do is, is um, yeah, offering this these things. And it's nice that I can... that. It, it's it's nice that I can say, hey, I, I I went this path. It was interesting, and I had many many important insights about training, like things that I explored there, uh, especially the, when I achieved the one arm gym the second time. Was uh, uh, there's things that went into my programming, how I program things for other people. So it was very important for me, but it was not important for me to keep this skill. Yeah, just because there's no one no one benefits from that in my surrounding of maintaining this skill. I mean, it doesn't matter for my kids if I can do a one-arm chin-up, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's whatever. So it's interesting to explore that and to see what do I take out of it. It's a bit similar to the handstand, no? I mean, the handstand has benefits for for your shoulder uh, and so on. It can strengthen your wrist and blah, blah, blah. It can have very positive benefits for your, for your health. And you can use it then in, 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 in things like your floor work or, you, uh, or it's the base of, of the uh, supporting or soft acrobatics, however you want to call it. Uh, but in the end, it, yeah, if you can do a handstand or not, doesn't matter. But there, there are there were uh, meta things that I learned when doing the handstand, and um, it also has a meditative aspect that I like about it. Like it, it sets yourself into yourself. Like you're very aware of of what you're doing. You're very conscious, trying, uh, like yeah, like 
how can you say like unite yourself like this oneness it can be a tool for this as well but but uh furthermore the the things i learned about learning when learning the handstand that was the most powerful about it so in that sense it would it's also not important for me if i keep the handstand or not because i, I reaped so many benefits from it and for this i don't need to maintain it but the benefit the, the handstand is mainly a technical thing so it's actually very easy to maintain it compared to something like the one on chin up which is mainly a conditioning thing yeah and this is harder to maintain through uh through time so in that sense i also um for me it can be also something that i think about oh i cannot do this anymore or uh, i i lost this do i want to maintain that yeah but in general i'm i i'm not um afraid of losing abilities because i have the feeling that the important thing that has been taught by that it stays but what i need to take care of is my general level of ableness and of health because that's important for my surroundings yeah if i would not be able to <laughs> like to 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 say it extremely now to carry my children that would be obviously a problem so mm. this i need to maintain but this at the top things uh yeah i don't need to i don't need to maintain and i actually also like the idea of of not training it for a while and then coming back and trying it in a different different way yeah just because for me it's very interesting to figure out the paths yeah i think that's quite a great approach of saying like if you if you can get it then let go of it and then come back again figure it out again it's like you not only have that second experience but then you have that experience of that 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 letting go which i think could also give you some insights as to how your body or your experience changes from that point where i think sometimes you know we're always orientated towards growth 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 like i'm going to keep on getting stronger 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 and normally it's only maybe when you get an injury or something like that where you have the and it's not only painful physically but painful emotionally psychologically as well that you have to take a few steps back but then you know is maybe there might be a place for an intelligent point where you also say leave a part of the practice to practice that you know almost emotional or physical loss of say that that strength decline and then and then get that back again there could be some interesting lessons to be learned from taking that path yeah yeah and and it's a reflection on what do i need in my life to be able to do and what is in that sense optional and obviously it's 
allowed to have optional things in your life. You don't have to be, you know, just a robotic, like, okay, what do I need? And I only do this. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, but there's yeah, no, no need to be too concerned about not being able to do the non uh, to to not being able to do the optional things, yeah, because we all also age and lose some abilities, gain others while we age, yeah, um, and that's normal. And so, for yourself, you know, do you have any like particular? goals or the aims that you're very interested in at the moment to explore to um you know if we use how you had that goal of the one um chin for for a while you know at the moment do you have anything on your plate that you're working towards mm -hmm. um yeah but it's not a movement thing i'm working a lot with wood um with uh, doing carpentry and stuff this is this is my main practice at the moment. And my aim is to get to a decent level there. Let's say I'm, I'm at a level now that is uh, above what most people in society can do, <laughs> but, but definitely uh, much below someone that is doing this every day. But uh, yeah, so this is my, this is my main practice at the moment that I, I have also this practice excitement about no that I dream about it and yeah it's like I, I sit there and and think about things that I want to build and I because my um my place where I do this outside uh so I look outside is it is it now raining or not yeah can I go and I don't care about the rain but the wood cares about the rain <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah can i go now outside and work on it and like setting up my schedule in the week also in the way that i have enough time to do my woodworking and so on so th this is something that i'm very excited about i this is part of what i teach also the crafting with different things like with wood with with cloth like making making uh, clothes and and so on and so forth and it I feel that it um, that this is now becoming has now become more important for me uh, because I feel with the movement stuff I'm at a level of experience like I've yeah the, where I feel okay that's 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 good there's ten thousand things more there to develop but compared to that my woodworking abilities are at a lower level. I would say movement wise since uh, actually two years, the thing I, I enjoy most doing and where I have involved myself the most is um, wrestling and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. This, I, I, I really like it a lot. And um, <laughs> on the other end in the last two years was not always easy mm -hmm. to practice this. So yeah. also because uh, with two young kids they bring regularly things from the kindergarten 
yeah <laughs> so especially the last weeks here have been quite an up and down uh, uh, for me <laughs> with all sorts of different viruses um and i'm also quite strict about when i feel i'm not 100 then i'm not going to roll with someone so let's say my my wish and excitement about the topic has been more than my possibilities to practice in the last two years also because for many months uh, I couldn't come to the gym where I like to uh, practice because yeah they didn't let people in yeah well how did so I guess to cut this conversation off um, you know with movement it's still I guess a, a big part of your life however you know so what what does that sort of actually look like, you know, week to week with what you are, what you are practicing, you know, is it, is it quite intuitive as you, um, you know, do some farmer's walks here and there, or do you still adhere to some sort of structure? I think before we talked, you talked about some sort of morning practice as well. So yeah, maybe just for the listeners, like for a typical sort of week, what, what might it look Mm -hmm. like? Yeah. Okay. There's, yeah, there, I don't really have a typical week to be honest, because, uh, yeah. And as I, as I, as I mentioned before, um, my partner is now Annika, she's, uh, um, studying again and her schedule is very fixed. So I adjust myself to her schedule, which means I have sometimes weeks where I have more time to practice and sometimes less. Then some weeks I have workshops, some weeks I don't have workshops, I just have the usual thing going on. So it's, it is uh, yeah, really not so much that there are usual weeks. What I do every day is the morning routine. This is something I currently at the moment that we um, record this also uh, stream every morning is 20 minutes where I move with people. Often I do something before and after um for myself not every day but this also this is also then like keeping keeping the momentum of this and then um 12 o'clock in the yeah midday is also usually a time where i would um do a some sort of diverse movement thing that can have certain topic like uh, strength or something like this, which I like to do more at this time and let's say more mobilizing things in the end of the day. Or it can be, yeah, just something simple as, okay, I just walk around with weight in my hands. Yeah, or it can be, okay, I just want to, I I do some dance work now uh, or some dancing now, switch on some music and so on and so forth. And then when I teach the classes, which is usually in the evening, I uh, practice with the people as well. So at the moment, the, uh, our topic there is floor. So I do a lot of floor work with the people. Let's say there's two hours of practice and maybe from that I move also around one hour because obviously there's a lot of correction time and, uh, and so on. But I try to move with the with the people as well yeah and as i said like if 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 it's possible time wise which 
at the moment is difficult because the gym where I practice, um, they practice in the morning. It's like a general martial arts gym where they practice lots of different things and they have their uh, wrestling happening in the morning, usually at the time where I need to bring the kids to the kindergarten. So if uh, Annika brings the kids, then I can go there in the morning and practice and arrive early, do half an hour or 45 minutes or something like this before that of various things. And then having the wrestling as my main practice of development. So the, um, the other things that I do, yeah, like you, like you uh, ask is more, is, let's say more intuitive, more of what do I need? Like, okay, I feel I need pressure on my body. Yeah. Okay. Do something with weight, something with, I pull myself up and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, ah, I need to, I feel like mobilization now is very good doing some spine work and so on. Yeah. Or, okay, now it's time to raise my heart rate and so on. So I work very intuitively and at the same time, um, with the, with the tight schedule that I have, because I used to be completely free with my time in a sense before I had kids and could do uh, high amounts of training. And then with two kids and uh, work, helping people uh, with their training every day. Yeah. I need to be efficient about it and see okay, what are the things where I develop? And like I said, I basically chose these two things where I say here, I really want to develop is the woodworking at the moment and the wrestling and the other things I do. And then when I do it, it's serious how I do it, but I don't have in mind that I will become super strong there or something like this. You know, I just make sure, okay, I have my basic, I have my abilities, I feel it's working. Yeah. The, okay. My bones, uh, that I keep the density of my bones and the strength of my joints and my, uh, mobility and so on and so forth. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I have to say, I'm very thankful to have connected with you finally, Joseph, you know, always reading a lot of your your writing or seeing you on the video camera talking uh, to to the camera. So this has been a different experience actually being able to ask you questions directly, which I yeah very much appreciate it. And it's been such a treat. So thank you for, for joining us. And um, well, maybe one last thing just to share with the guys is, you know, with your uh, upcoming um do you have any upcoming classes or workshops to, or offerings to, to share? Maybe if you could just yeah, let the guys know, maybe, you know, for the local area, or I know you share things online as well, maybe just to give a, a brief overview of your upcoming work. Um, yeah. So the work for all the workshops for 2022 is now, now all online on my website, josephbarts.de. Um, yeah, there's, there, there, there's lots of different workshops, but there are some things that we do the first time next year. One thing is a workshop called Partner Work and Communication. So I, for several years, I already taught partner work in a workshop. But this time I uh, teach it together with an NVC teacher, nonviolent communication. 
So one part of the workshop will be the physical partner work, movement partner work of various things, yeah, from martial arts, from dance, and, and so on and so forth. Um, uh, and this already is huge, like, yeah, the, the possibilities there are, are endless in that sense. But then we will also have the second part, which is on the one hand about things like nonviolent communication. And on the other hand, I will um, also take part in this communication workshop, teaching about logical argumentation. So teaching what is a logical argument, like how, yeah, how do you argue with someone and what are tricks that people use like like understanding this and being able to um let's say get closer to the truth through abilities of understanding logic so that's one of the things that we do next year for the first time that i'm quite excited about awesome well sounds like you're always exploring very interesting areas you know which uh as as we mentioned uh movement and also a bit outside of the movement scope so always very exciting to see all your updates and what you're working on um i think that's it for today you know i've uh asked what i wanted to ask and i know there's there's always more that will pop up in my head after the conversation or you know after i read something that you may share as well uh but for today you know that's all i've got and uh thank you once again for joining us Thank you very much for the conversation, Feon. That's it, guys. That's all for today. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation from Joseph Bartz. If you're interested in checking out more of his work, he has a lot of resources shared out on both his Instagram and YouTube. I'll share the details in the show notes and also his website, josephbartz.de, where he has a lot of writing in both English and German, so very approachable for anyone to read there. As always, thank you for listening, sticking around, and supporting the Passive Hang. I really appreciate it. Remember, if you have any questions or want to reach out, you can find me on Instagram, that's at P at P-H-A-O-N-P, or on thepassivehang.com. Okay, guys, well, that's it. I'll see you in the next episode.